Welcome to TC Tiawi Talks, Tia Chucha Centro Cultural, located on Tataviam land in the Northeast San Fernando Valley, is rooted in ancestral knowledge, culture, the arts, literacy, and social justice as a means to personal and communal transformation. It is a place where hearts and minds have united for change for over 19 years. Join us as we share the stories of personal transformation and our understanding of the world that unites us as a community. We must remember that another world has always been possible. Tiawi, a Nahuatl word for adelante, to move forward. Like a spiral, together we move towards a better future, cognizant of the resiliency we carry from our past. Welcome to another episode of Tiawi Talks. My name is Karen Lugarte and I'll be one of your hosts today. Hi everyone, my name is Andrea and I will also be one of your hosts today. And today we're being joined by Dr. Jose Paez. <laughs> applause, I was gonna say applause. Um, thank you for joining us today. We're really excited to be talking to you. This is actually our second episode on mental health for the Biawi Talks podcast. Um, Karen, do you wanna talk to us a little bit about what our goal is with these episodes? Yeah, so our goal is to um, make the topic of mental health more accessible, um, to stigmatize mental health, and just share the experiences and stories and the knowledge of our, our people in our community. Yes, so thank you for being here. So um, we're gonna turn it over to Dr. Paez. Who are you? Um, where are you from? And how did you get into this field of mental health? Uh, first of all, let me just say thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this. Um, I've been listening to your previous episodes and it's been really uh, cool uh, getting to learn these new perspectives and more about the Achuchas just in general. Um, but uh, I feel really, really honored to be invited and to be talking with you all. So thank you so much. Um, my name is Jose Paez. My gender pronouns are he, him, his. And a little bit about me, um, my, I come from a multi-ethnic family. Um, my mother was born here, uh, right here in Burbank, um, but her family is Mexican and Italian and, um, and very, I think very distinctive. And then my father was born in the Philippines and is also a Siletz Indian. And we're um, citizens of the Confederated Tribes of Siletz, which is located in uh, Oregon um, towards like the, the, the coast. Um, and my grand aunt lives up there. And uh, I feel very, very lucky and honored to be connected to that, to my tribe and um, to starting to learn actually some of their, uh, some of our language um, and some of our, our traditions. So, uh, so that's the kind of uh, home that I grew up in. I have, I'm the oldest of four. Um, I went to school, I grew up right here in Sun Valley and um, which I think is actually kind of significant to the work that I do now, but um, I grew up in Sun Valley and um, went to Catholic school most of my life um, until I got to college, I was community college, College of the Canyons, went to Cal State Northridge and got my degrees in psychology and in sociology or sociology and in psychology. Then I went to USC, I got my master's and I graduated in 2001. Um, and I did work there uh, as like a, a bilingual outpatient clinician. I worked uh, predominantly in the city of uh, Lake Gutierrez and Pacoima. Um, serving communities there who are suffering or, or struggling with mental health issues or really actually any issues that you could think of. It could be substance abuse, um, uh, violence, domestic violence, uh, police brutality, um, dealing with poverty, really any, any, any issue you could think about immigration or whatever it was. 
And that was a really transformative you know, experience in my life. I think I was around uh, 20, 26 or 27 when I first started to get into that, that part. And um, I learned a lot about myself and the communities that I work with. It taught me a lot about uh, what resilience, what healing, what holistic means. Uh, even though maybe I didn't use that language quite like that then, um, but that's what they were teaching me. Um, and then after that, I um, uh, when you when you do a lot of mental health work, it can be very stressful. <laughs> and what I've since learned is that when you're doing this work, you have to have a team around you always supporting you. This is also part of holistic wellness. Um, and there was moments when we had that and when we didn't have that. And the moments when I didn't have that really pushed me uh, to the brink of where I could not do that work anymore. Uh, ethically for myself or even my clients or the community. So, uh, so I left and um, I was very fortunate. My wife and I, um, we traveled, we left, our, we left the country. I, I don't, I'm not joking to say like, you know, when you do mental health too long, you just have to leave the country. But, uh, but you know, that's what we did. We, we were very, very lucky and fortunate to leave. And we traveled for about five months and we went to all sorts of different places, uh, visited family in Vietnam. We visited family in the Philippines in Mexico um, and, and a few other countries, Tanzania and um, uh, Cambodia. It was an incredible, we went to Egypt, we met new friends and, and people I would consider definitely like family now. Um, just incredible, incredible experience. And I would say, I'm bringing that up just again to share that, you know, because we're talking about wellness, um, this is a big part of wellness is having different perspectives. And uh, so when I traveled, and went to all, when we traveled, went to all these places, I had all these like biases in my head about going to Egypt, what Egypt was going to be like. And I was worried about, you know, all these like Islamophobic, you know, viewpoints that I had. That I had. And to go there and to talk to people there, um, I was so ashamed that I was holding on to these, these viewpoints because that was not my experience at all. People were incredibly kind, generous, supportive, um, I mean, nurturing anything. I mean, they're, they're just, it, was a, it was an incredible place um, to, to be in, to visit and to get to know people. So um, following those experiences, I was, um, I was given an opportunity to work at USC and help build um, an uh, uh, internship for first year social work students. And I did that work in, in the community in South LA uh, for about three years, three and a half years. And then um, I got an opportunity to come teach at Cal State Northridge. And I've been here at Cal State Northridge teaching in the social work department um, since 2009. And um, I love it. I, I'm a, I, I love teaching all the classes and getting to interact with students uh, like Karen, <laughs> who has taught me a lot about what teaching is and what social work is. Um, and so, yeah, and so that, and then, and that's it. So then I went to school back like uh, 2017, I got my, I, I'm sorry, 20. 20, I got my doctorate, my uh, educational uh, doctorate um, in leadership and policy studies. And um, that was an incredible journey. I learned a lot in that, in that space. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know, is this too much now? I've, I've probably gone on <laughs> or more than you have probably asked, but uh, yeah. No, not at all. Wow, I didn't know all of that about you. Actually, I'm realizing I knew very little about you. <laughs> but that's, that's, really, that's really amazing that you've you've gone through so many different um careers i guess or fields and then you've traveled and got to learn about so many different perspectives and um you mentioned holistic well-being a lot um can you define that for us what is holistic well-being yeah i well i i guess i should say that um 
there are lots of definitions and perspectives about what holistic wellness and holistic healing and um, whatever other umbrella term you want to use to to um, call health, you know, um, lots of perspectives. And what I what I've noticed in my time in social work and my time in education um, is that sometimes those definitions either compete with one another or they um, they they, they uh, fight for space with like you know who's going to get the most billing, the top billing, or you know the most like shiniest kind of pro product that they can create, you know, utilizing some of these ideas. Um, but but I, and I say all that just to kind of give some context to the fact that the fact of what what we're talking about is a very very simple some very simple basic concepts that indigenous people globally have for millennia you know have have been knowing and practicing and um, the problems that we experience today are I think you know my my, my studies uh, seem to reveal to me and my connections and talking to people. Um, seem to be problems of the way that we structured our world and how we've, the conditions we've created because of that, those structures. Um, so uh, just kind of a, a context. Um, holistic means that we consider lots of different things in trying to live lives that are balanced and, and balanced in our mental well-being, our mental, uh, I mean, our spiritual, our physical, our emotional, um, but also our connection to land, our connection to one another, our connection to animals, um, our connection to our previous generations and ancestors, and then our connection to the future generations. Um, and even in the definition that I'm giving you now, um, which is kind of a collaborative, like a, a collage of lots of different ideas, uh, is a definition that's evolving and is changing. And you may have your, you may have your own thoughts uh, and ideas about how to, what else you'd like to add to it, but but essentially that, that that's kind of it. Um, and like I said, I think that uh, indigenous people globally have been knowing this and have lived a holistic and a uh, balanced life for you know generations and generations. I'm not saying that their lives were perfect, and I'm not saying that there wasn't you know problems that they that they had, but um, but they found ways to come back into balance with uh, our our earth, with each other. Um, and, and and restore you know uh, that, that sense of harmony <clears throat> and and that is, i think in the world we're at today the reason we keep talking about it and the reason we have to keep remembering and reminding ourselves that we need this is because of the way that we structure our world and the way that we we enact those structures or the way that we embody those structures but can i ask you all like what do you think <laughs> what when you hear the word holistic wellness what, do you, what comes to mind this is like the social worker and teacher in me at, at one point so yeah um, you know, I was just thinking that, well, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful to have had you as a professor, uh, Dr. Pius, and I was just thinking, I felt like I was a little, like I was in class, like I wanted to write everything you were saying down. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, when I think of, like, a holistic approach or holistic well-being, I just think about how, uh, I think a lot about the environment, and I think about, like, physical well-being, and your mental health and your spiritual health and I think about all those things and how it's really one thing that we can pull apart um, like to look at it you know I always heard the word holistic thrown around by a lot of white people <laughs> and that's how I got to hear of it and I associated the word with like yoga meditation which I would also see as very white 
like white culture. <clears throat> but um, I think we know that that of course they didn't or like they didn't grab yoga, meditation, all that knowledge from like I don't know their culture. I guess that comes from indigenous culture, right? Um, but that's how I was introduced to it. So I always steered away from like learning anything about like what is holistic well wellness mean or or even like diving into yoga and that spirituality, um, even astrology. I'm like, that's like a white person thing. But I'm starting to realize it never started with them, right? right? It came from like indigenous cultures and it has so much more history. It's just, it looks a little different sometimes. And I think that's just like the mass effects of capitalism as well, you know? Um, but no, I'm learning a lot. Like we had the conversation, um, a week ago, right, about like, uh, I really liked how you said that um, holistic wellness is finding a harmony between parts in your life. And so you gave me a definition um, because I think um, to my understanding, tapping into like my creative side and then doing something active, eating well, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good, right? And that's part of my mental health. So um, now I have a word for it. So yeah, that's how I understand it now. I just wanted to mention how, yeah, I have this misconception and I wonder how other people view holistic well-being as well. And if they hold the, uh, these stereotypes as well. It's uh, a good, good uh, way to engage your audience, put that out as a, as a poll and see what, yeah, what, what do people think? Because I, I, I agree with you. I think there are, there's not one definition. A lot of people have different you know, um, based on your background, where you come from, you may not even call it holistic wellness. Maybe you call it integrated health, or maybe you call it collective care, or maybe, um, you know, maybe it's just wellness, just in general. Um, so I think that there's lots of ways to try to get to the, the basic fundamental idea of living a life that is, um, that is one that, that is trying to be inter interconnected, that recognizes the, the interdependence and interconnections that we all have. Um, that understands, um, you know, our diet, our ability to get good rest, um, our relations, our, 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 our you know, um, uh, the respect that we have for people that came before us, the, the people we're living with now, and the people, you know, that we are going to engage with. And I should say not just people, but animals as well. Um, animals in the environment. Um, I always feel like animals get, uh, get, get left out of these, these conversations, um, but, they're, but they're so important. Um, to our to our well-being you know that's that's the holistic or you know overall community viewpoint so I, I you know sometimes I, I just don't want to get so caught up in one one term or one language because things evolve and things change and um, just like yoga you know yoga may have emerged from one you know part of the world but those practitioners um, came you know started spreading that knowledge to other people and other people started developing it and shifting it shaping it to molding it into something else like a lot of things though even like our language it uh, it takes new form, you know, and this is the part where I think we get to that 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 brink of like, is it, is it getting appropriated? Is it erasing other people's culture and other people's knowledge? Um, and that's that's also always a you know really critical thing to be mindful of and to be to be knowledgeable about where you know, where do we get these practices? Yeah, how do we develop the, these ideas? And if I could just say one other thing too, because I mentioned like a mental, spiritual, um, physical, and emotional. You know, like that—that's even framed around like a med, uh, the medicine wheel. 
um, idea. Um, and, and lots of indigenous peoples have used some version or variation of like a medicine wheel. I'm sure you all have seen that or know what that looks like. Um, and uh, th those those quadrants can represent lots of different things. And I've seen, you know, like our tribe has uses it and they use it kind of as a logo connecting things around health and um, physical health, like kind of really specific and substance abuse and all these kind of issues that they bring together within that, 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 that wheel. Uh, but other people have, it, have used it differently. Um, but I think that the important thing is that you're, you're recognizing, understanding where this comes from. Um, you're not trying to appropriate or take their knowledge and then pass it off as your own and then start selling it and mass producing it so that you start making money off of it. And people who originated this get no, you know, get no uh, credit or no, you know, um, benefit. Um, you see this a lot with like intellectual property of like, or in the, in the labor of like uh, seamstress, seamstresses and people who weave baskets or make clothes in other countries and create all these like incredible designs. And then, you know, larger companies come in to like boost, you know, amplify their, their work, but at the same time, like they're making a profit off of them. And it's like this real ethical, you know, issue because those people are still living like, you know, predominantly in poverty, but their, 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 their designs um, go on, you know, these, ma you know, huge magazines, right? And like major celebrities are wearing them, right? And so there, there is always that, that connection that we have to like really reflect on and think about because that, that may, disrupt that harmony and that sense of interconnection that we have with one another so it's always easier said than done right That's to integrate it. all these parts of our lives how do you use the medicine wheel or how do you view um holistic, holistic uh wellness in your life could you give us examples of how you incorporate yeah. these yeah that, that's a that's a good question um i think that it's kind of like a, a a journey is what i would say um it would be like a journey towards you living a life that's more in balance and um, more in harmony with all the things that are around you and all the things that are around us. Um, and there's gonna be some starts and stops to this. So I never look at this process as um, like a final process. I feel like it's, it's working towards something I want to become and that I'm gonna get better at and I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna improve on, but, but I'm gonna take, it's gonna take some time. Um, the other part of like trying to live a life that's full, that, you know, integrates these different components, your relation to each other, having respect for the land, all, all these kind of things, understanding, re understanding your languages. Um, you know, it, it takes, I, I think it would, it, one of the things to say is it takes a lot of discipline and practice. Um, it doesn't happen overnight, you know. I mean, I read a lot of books and I talk to a lot of people and I've been thinking about this stuff for a long time, but it's the, it's the active everyday practice of it, embodiment of it to, to develop those, those methods. So just as one example that I think for me has been, been really helpful about, uh, maybe it's already almost 12 years now, my wife and I decided to go vegetarian. We, we grew up, I grew up in a, a home and in a community where meat and eating plant, I mean, uh, um, you know, like animal product uh, foods um, was like just just the norm, and it's part of every celebration. It's like you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big custom, you know. And so when we went vegetarian, it was kind of like, you know, why? <laughs> you know, like it, it wasn't. And this is not that long ago, right? There's a lot of vegetarianism, but but we went vegetarian. And then the more I started to learn about factory farming, the more I started to learn about um, these huge horrific things called CAFOs, where they put these cows in and they, and they the, the slaughter these pigs and. And the, all these animals, the way that they were treating these animals is just horrific. And the more I learned about it, 
it it just it 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 was like something I had never known about. I just taken I totally take it for granted. I don't when I when I see a hamburger, I just see a hamburger. I don't think of the cow. Or I don't when I get milk, I drink milk. I don't think of where the milk came from. I don't think about the workers that had to do that or the suffering that this animal had to do to live pregnant their whole lives or whatever they're forced to be pregnant or the chicken. Now I'm gonna get too graphic for y'all. I'm gonna lose your lose your. <laughs> but but it I actually is so important. And this is actually you know I'll, I'll be quite honest. I talk about in class, white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, colonization, all these things. But when I talk about meat and like, and I, I even start to get to the idea, like, hey, we should reconsider our meat eating habits. That's the thing that like almost total solidarity among students. Any, any of my audience are like, wait a minute, let me back up a little bit, okay? We were cool with the white supremacy thing, but don't take away my meat, okay? Cause I love ribs, <laughs> I love bacon. I gotta eat that, you know? And I, so I'm, I'm not saying, saying that, you know, you could ever eat meat. And I know for a lot of ancestral, a lot of our ancestral knowledge is, you know, con definitely connected to our diet and our diet included eating meat, you know, eating elk, eating deer, eating salmon um, and eating other, other, you know, those, those products. So they're, they're, and there actually is, you know, connection to like overall well-being. Um, but for me and, and my wife, where we were at is the more we learned about animal cruelty, the more we learned about um, the pollution to the earth, all the waste, all the animal waste that, that, they, that it goes in and pollutes, you know, um, these, these areas where people are living. And, we're, and just again, like I said, the treatment of animals, I, you know, we're both of us made a conscious decision to just stop eating meat and then get involved in um, animal rights and activism. Um, and also starting to learn more about, you know, food sovereignty and what that, what that means. And so it's been a journey to learn more and more about that and to stay active and to talk about, you know, to learn about these, these particular issues and get involved with, with them. But it, 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 to me, was really critical. And I don't ever foresee myself going back to eating meat ever, ever again. Um, uh, and, and, this, this, and now it's also for health reasons too, because I've, I've, I've learned that too. But initially that's where it started. So I, going back to like the holistic piece, that, that was critical for my well-being, understanding um, the, the power structure and how violent it was and seeing how it was consuming all that violence and not really giving it a thought and making an active decision to move away from it and um, uh, practice something new, practice a, a lifestyle that's gonna be uh, plant-based as possible and, um, and try, to live, try to live my life in that, in that way. So that, that's just, that would be one example. Yeah. Um... I'm vegetarian too, so uh, you know I, I agree with what, <laughs> what you're saying. Um, but I I love that you called it a journey and kind of talked about how there's there's like no 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 really no endpoint to it, right? Um, so how how do you stay motivated? Like what are yeah. what are things that motivate you to to keep going when um, I feel like in our in our society a lot of the time um, it's like all about productivity, right? So if this is something that doesn't end and yeah. um, that's a process, how how like how do you stay motivated? That's a that's another that's a good question. Um, the the truth is that I don't always stay motivated. I, I think motivation is also a journey. <laughs> it's also a journey. Yeah, you know? uh, there, there's moments where you don't feel like uh, doing this workout. You know, or going for a walk. Um, or um, calling somebody who you haven't talked to in a long time, um, you just rather do this other thing. 
And you know, I think that's where like the discipline comes in. To me, um, motivation is a is a quick thing, and I, I've I've started to shift away from thinking about what motivates me to instead of thinking about the, the discipline of it, and finding a lot of joy in the discipline of it. And the discipline is doing something that I know is going to be beneficial for me, and I, it's, it's shown to me to be beneficial, and doing uh, uh, making a decision not to do this other thing that I know is not going to be beneficial for me and uh, focusing on this, because that's, that's my health. And you know, there, this, it's, not, it's not a perfect thing. You know, there's always gonna be moments where I'm like, I definitely shouldn't, you know, eat, you know, this, this extra piece of cake, right? Or whatever, whatever it is for me, you know, I like to eat. Um, I shouldn't do this, or I should, I should just, you know, just, just stay right here. I should not watch another episode of this. I should go do my writing, or I should, you know, whatever. And sometimes, you know, you, I, I, I negotiate that with myself and I figure that out, but other times, you know, it's, it's, it's a discipline and uh, to, keep, to keep moving forward. And I find that the more that I am able to practice some of those, those disciplines in that way, um, the better. So an example would be like meditation. I, I've been on a journey of meditation for years. And I've, I, I would say I would give myself, and I can do this because I'm a teacher, I would give myself an F, okay? Because my, my meditation was not good at all. And it's too frustrated, it's not working, I don't understand it, and just give up, just give up, come back to it. And I knew there was something important to it, but I just couldn't connect. But, it, you know, actually starting um, at the present, the, the beginning of the presidency of, of President Trump, uh, not that there's, there's much that I really appreciated about this guy, but one thing I could say is that at that time I started meditating. <laughs> and, and, and I also started my doctorate program. So meditation, I, I started slowly and I, I built that into you know, a daily practice. And then for me, that it could be, you know, mini meditations throughout the day, which, you know, could be last for like a minute up to like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, but I meditate every morning and I try to meditate every night. Um, uh, and then throughout the day, I'll do, you know, mindful practices. Um, and that's, a, that's become a discipline. That's, that's, that's taking some time. Um, and I've done some other things to help keep me accountable, like talking about it, making it public like practicing in the classroom, as Karen, you might remember, we, we practiced these kind of, did these kind of things, um, you know, and having other people in my life, you know, so who, 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 are, who are also doing that um, helps. So I think again, when, you, when for me looking at like, what keeps, what keeps me sustained in this, um, in this journey of trying to figure out, you know, um, making good, making this, making well, you know, well, well-based decisions for, for my health, um, I would say that one, it's a discipline. Uh, two, I would say have a community around you and have people around you that you can go through this with together. Um, it, 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 that always helps, uh, at least for me, my experience and what I've, what I've seen. Um, consult with other people uh, uh, get other pers and get other perspectives um, when you get stuck in something and when you're not really sure um, you know, what, what that is. So you know, I think th those kind of things. And then the other part about it, that I think is so important is find the joy in all of this. Keep finding joy in all of this. Embrace all these moments. Live with gratitude and appreciation for the fact that we get to do all these things. Like I'll be honest, um, when you asked me to do like a podcast, the first my first thought in my head is like, how did I get so lucky to get to be invited to do a podcast? A podcast? Like I, I, like I said, like to me, like when you asked me that, it just it made me feel like like I'm really lucky to get to be invited. And and and, and I'm not saying that as a way like I was like you know down my bet on my abilities or anything. Like 
but but I mean, although that's that's always kind of there too. But to, but to be honest, it's just like how grateful that I get this opportunity to to talk with you, have a conversation with you, um, that you're interested in learning something from me, and that I can share with you all. Um, it's just it's just a real it's a real gift, and um, I, that's another part for me about around this holistic wellness piece about trying to live authentically, trying to live um, congruently with with all these things. Uh, knowing that there's there's a, there's a lot of starts and stops, and that's not a perfect thing, um, but you try and you try to you try to maintain that discipline and, and do these kind of things. So I would say that for me, that's another component of of doing this work. We're flattered that you're flattered. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I want to ask, how is this? way of looking at your life, uh, working on um, holistic wellness, how is this radical? Because I feel like with mental health, um, you've mentioned before how it's kind of like in a category and it's always separate from everything else in society. And that's also why Karen and I are so interested in talking to folks about mental health because it still doesn't seem accessible or it's still talked about like like behind closed closed doors, you know, people are still embarrassed to to go up to their family or their friends and talk about their mental health. What is radical about um, holistic well being? Another, another good question. Y'all asking some good some good questions because they're making me they're making me really reflect on you know what what we talk about what we say and really trying to embody that. So I think. Going back to what you know, Karen, what you had said before about, and, and also to um, the, this idea that where there's so much is, is, is focused on productivity or moving forward, or I mean, um, pro making sure you make profit, um, and you know, just as a, like a side note, like you know, in in a lot of mental health organizations, unfortunately, um, they've really embraced a model for for a lot of reasons where. Um, you know, you're billing and making sure that you are, um, you know, accruing a certain number of hours that when you see and you work with people, uh, that which gets translated into reimbursement for the organization to stay open. Uh, that unfortunately sometimes can become the priority in an organization. And those organizations, they know it and they don't like it and they, they are trying to, to, to deal with it and figure it out. But it's such a common thing. And in a lot of ways, it just becomes normalized. And so, um, I say that because I feel like that pulls us away from what we're talking about here because you're in an organization that's totally dedicated its purpose and design is to help people heal, is to help people improve their lives. And the workers who are there aren't, aren't even healed. <laughs> They're getting harmed by doing this work. So how, how is this congruent with, with anything, right? And so I think what's radical about this approach um, is that it challenges um, the structures of coloniality. Uh, coloniality, just as a really quick definition, and, and there's a lot of scholarship on this, and so I don't wanna, but the definition I'm gonna give you right now is, is not doing justice to all these incredible people who've been writing about this for years, um, but uh, is, is coloniality is the state that we're living in. It's the state of existence that we're living in. And this state is was created and structured by hundreds of years of colonization. When um, colonizers from European countries enslaved people and they went to other lands and then they took people and they deposited them on, the, on other lands and they went to those other lands and they um, it erased and wiped out all the other people with all sorts of different you know strategies and tactics um, and then 
everywhere they went, or they just they just extracted all their resources and then just in, in, you know enriched themselves and forced people into labor and all these kind of things. And everywhere they went, they set up their own system of law. They set up their own no cultural norms on like what's who, which god we should pray to. Um, that the fact that there's only male and female gender. And and I, I guess just want to just kind of preface this that coming back to the question about why why this approach is radical is because it's occurring within this context. And this context is important for us to understand. Uh, if we didn't have the context of coloniality um, and we didn't have the, the structures and the, the systems that we live in right now um, that oppress so many people, um, we, we probably wouldn't really even need to, to name holistic wellness. It would just be our way of being. You know what I mean? Like we, that's just how we, we would be. Uh, it would just be the norm to, to be like this. But we have to have this, this holistic wellness as a radical intervention directly because of the systems and the way that our, our world is structured. Um, like I was saying before, like, like uh, colonizers from Europe um, implemented and constructed their, their systems of belief. They dictated the terms. Everywhere they went, they dictated the terms. They said that, that uh, this is the God you should pray to. They said that this is the laws that we created. Um, you didn't think that this land was property. Now it's called property. And people, you know, when people in some of the places, like, what do you mean property? We, what do you mean? We, you own this now. We, we can trade in this in this particular way, and we can um, that men are uh, going to be the, the the center of all governance, of uh, all families, of the military, all, all those those things. Uh, and then, like going back to gender, that um, that there's only two genders that gets that gets constructed. We know that indigenous people globally had multi multiple variations of gender, or actually didn't even have descriptions of gender. They, they had other other ways to talk about being. And so, uh, and then sexual orientation, same thing. So, so, so those are really important structures and they're absolutely still with us today. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and those constraints provide major threats to our well-being and our ability to connect and our ability to see uh, one, the, the full humanity in one another. And I think right now is a good example of that. Um, it's, it's hard. I, I don't know how you all feel, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But to me, sometimes it's hard. I, I get I get caught up in um, seeing people from different perspectives, people who believe in QAnon or who are you know um, other you know supporters of the president. And, you know, it, only in one way. I, I can only see them in one way. I, I totally I vehemently disagree with them. I think they're all this. I think they're all that. And you know, to be honest, that that's not a healthy practice for me. Um, it's not consistent with the way that I that I want to move and, and be in the world. It's not the consistent with the way I want to be viewed as, and yet I know that I, I do that. Um, that's that's so. I think the radical part of all of all this approach is even the people that you disagree with vehemently and that you can't stand, and you know that they're causing harm. Even those people, can you still see their humanity? Can you still um, retain re, you know believe that they're um, that they're in their ability to change or be different. And also, can you see yourself in them? Th those to me are, are very difficult things. Um, and that's where I take my cue from people who are radical like uh, Tit Nyet Hun. Uh, and I'm, I apologize, I'm probably saying his name incorrectly, but um, he's a, a Vietnamese uh, Buddhist monk um, and has, has, has done extensive prolific work on meditation and nonviolence and peace. And these are his messages and they're radical. Or look at Father Boyle uh, at Homeboy Industries. 
and the work that he does there, you know, where he's talks all the time about no, no justice. I mean, no, 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 no kinship, no justice, no mutuality, no justice, no peace, no justice. Like it's, it's kinship, it's mutuality. Those are radical things. I think the work that Tia Chuchas is doing is all the different programming that, that you all do, including this podcast, is radical because it's pushing us to explore how to be with one another, you know, how to be human beings in, in a way with, with, with that, 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 um, that promotes balance and harmony. And so, yeah, so I think that like, that, I know that's kind of a long answer, but I think that's, that's kind of ultimately where, where I, I want to be, at least in my life. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I mean, that's kind of where I want to be. Thank you. Yeah, that makes me think of like how using this model, this conceptual like wheel, right? On like working on each component. And I, I think you mentioned that everyone has like their own wheel, right? Or everyone gets to, to customize it to their own, I guess. And each culture does the same too. They have a, ver a variation of the wheel. Um, but I'm thinking about like what would be in my wheel and how that would make me happier and also a better person, I guess, to to harmonize with everything around me and the world around me. And I didn't think of the wheel as doing that. I thought about it just as harmonizing myself or me, but that, but uh, I guess that that would include everything around me and affect it. Like it would be like not a butterfly effect, but I'm not sure if I'm making sense here, <laughs> but, but I'm seeing the interconnections with people outside of me, which I feel that um, the mental health has always been talked about as one person and your health and yeah. like what you're feeling. So yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, that, that, that's, I think that's right. Oh, I would say like that, um, you know, that, that look, be, be curious and look at all of the different variations of these models and see what speaks to you. You know, um, if you're, you know, for instance, if you're really into, and, and also like under, go back to, to understand like, you know, the people that you come from and what was their knowledge and, and try to learn those lessons because they may have lessons um, that have been transmitted orally or through song or dance or games or whatever it is, or food, um, you know, that, that, that can reveal to you ways to be, to, to promote wellness in your own life, you know? Um, and I think that's really empowering. And, and I think those interconnections that you're talking about are, are really, really important. Um, the, the colonized approach or the colonial approach or even the enlightenment approach um, kind of viewed the world. Uh, and there's, there's some pretty good scholarship on this too, but I mean, it, it really kind of viewed the world as a mechanical world, like a machine-like world that had separate disparate parts, you know? so. Um, they, all those parts could be fixed and they are all kind of interconnected, but, um, but you could separate out those things separately. So in our world right now, a lot of times we only talk about mental health as, as, a, as if it's not a physical thing. Uh, even though we all know it's a physical thing. Um, of course, if you're depressed, the, you don't feel good. Like physically, you don't feel good. You don't want to get up. You don't want to move much. But actually, the way to get out of being depressed oftentimes is movement. Is, is walking, is engaging with other people, is doing what you don't want to do, is to engage with the people sometimes, um, depending on what, what type of depression. Um, so, I, so I think that uh, looking at our bodies as like total integrated, you know, with, with our environment and in relation to our environment is, is absolutely essential. 
um, to know that we have a connection with um, uh, the sun and, and and the wind and you know and the, and the water and everything like that is a really really special thing. But it takes a long time to understand and to develop your understanding. And then once you develop the understanding, to develop a practice, um, the, a meaningful practice where you where you can build on that connection. Maybe another component though of breaking up mental health and spiritual health and is also like a like a good capitalist idea too, you know what I mean? Like, cause then you could, you could market just to, you know, your emotional well-being, and we can just market to your mental well-being. And this is gonna be just for your physical well-being, you know? But really we, the truth is it's all interconnected. It's all, it's all interdependent. I think that's what I've seen most in like, let's say clinics, you know, emotional health, physical health, um, like very broad category, but I really like how you're bringing up all these other things, like even connecting with animals, like just the joy that having a dog brings me and so many people, right? Dogs are angels from heaven <laughs> and cats might be right. for some other people too, birds. Um, but yeah, I love that. Um, I was gonna ask, I know that, um, so how, how does one begin this journey? I know that we already have our own wheels, like I, we, we have it already, like we all practice it in some way or the other, like eating healthy, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, being physical, and then like, um, you know, hanging out with our friends or talking to our friends, people that make us happy, so we do that, but now like being conscious about this wheel, and or these parts of our lives and trying to balance everything to live happier and healthier. Um, where where do we start knowing this information? I know you had brought up uh, welfare culture. I don't know if that's a good resource for folks to to see. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's um, they are an excellent resource. I think amongst amongst many, um, but well welfare culture. Um, you know, uh, is was I think created uh, by uh, Tosh, Tosh uh, I'm just sorry, I'm blanking on his name, but I think it's Tosh Khan and, and uh, Chelsea Luger. And um, they, they, you know, and like, like a lot of people um, in previous generations who have been really interested in, in wellness and, um, and reclaiming, you know, parts of their history have created like, a, you know, a really cool um, a website and ideas for for doing that, and they've, they've, and, and I would definitely direct people to to their site so you can see how they got their seven circles of wellness. Um, and uh, let me just let me just kind of take a look real quick because their seven circles of wellness, and again, it's kind of rooted in that idea of the medicine wheel. It includes like your spiritual, your emotional, physical, and, and mental. All those things are interconnected; they're not separate from each other. Um, but they talk about the importance of finding peaceful environments and spaces using movement. They don't really call it physical exercise. They talk about it as like a movement, like like physical, like a physical movement, um, the functional movement, what they say. Uh, using the importance of sleep and how important sleep is to building uh, muscle, but not only muscle, but like restoring um, our bodies and giving our bodies a chance to heal. Um, eating real food uh, versus you know all the, the processed foods we eat. And, uh, but, you know, also understanding how your diet connects to your wellness, your spirituality, your physical, your mental, your emotional. Um, they call it clanship and community or kinship and community, but really like your family and, you know, um, and, and you're, you're the people that are around your life. And then they talk about connecting back to the land. 
Um, and connecting back to the land, um, you know, is one of those those things that I think for a lot of us, if we didn't grow up understanding our connection to the trees or understanding our connection to, to um, you know, animals, um, we kind of grew up in a very narrowed perspective. So luckily, you know, like I, I always joke, like I grew up in the valley, so I didn't grow up like doing a lot of hiking or like, like camping or whatever. Um, but I married somebody, my wife, whose family does, and they have completely opened up my mind to what what all this is and they've given me so many lessons on uh, understanding like rock formations and understanding like you know how rivers move and all, all just 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 a ton of knowledge that I've, that I've gained from them I'm so always so grateful and um my vocabulary has improved I think I get smarter when I hang around them um so uh yeah I, I feel like it, it's it's the, you know the welfare culture model I think it, it can be really um flexible and adaptable. They learned all their ideas from their own indigenous nations and their own indigenous families. And then talking to a lot of other indigenous elders um, around the country. But, uh, uh, but I think their ideas are really flexible enough that we can all you know, learn, learn from them and learn how to apply those into our own lives. And so I think where you start is consulting and looking for those other models. Um, and then picking out one of those. If like if you use their model, for instance, pick one of them and see how you can prove that you know, throughout your week. So maybe it's sleep. Maybe for like a week, you're gonna be like, I'm really gonna work on my active practice of sleep this week and see how this goes. Cause I usually go to bed around 12 o'clock or one o'clock or whatever. I'm gonna pra practice going to bed earlier and see how this makes me feel and give give this a shot. Or I'm gonna really work on my real food for, for, for a few days and see how that feels. And then, you know, I think it, the other part of this is to bring into a community and start to talk to people. Um, everybody is in a different place in your journey. You know, there's going to be other parts of your life where you're doing like, you, you may be doing like exceedingly well and you feel really good about, about that part of, you, of it. Uh, but there may be other parts of your life where you're like, I am not in balance right now. Um, a lot of people, for instance, you know, uh, we, we work and we're very pr proud of our work, obviously, but we work hard. We work a lot of hours. Um, and and sometimes that work dominates our entire lives. So now communicating with people, we start having, we start having fun, <laughs> we start laughing, we start getting more irritable, um, we start eating the wrong food, we start hanging out with the wrong people. You know, it just it's not not healthy. So again, trying to find that balance. So um, and, and all those things. So I think the, the idea of like where to start is starting is, is having these conversations, consulting with other people, looking at these other models of what people have been doing. Um, there's a Native Wellness Institute. They've been around for a few decades. Doing, the, doing this work. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot. And I think even at the Atucha, Atucha has been doing this work. They've been identifying and talking about um, wellness in all sorts of ways. And so learning from them, um, the, the great part about y'all is y'all got like a bookstore. So you, you, could, you could read tons of great literature in there and ideas to, to develop. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's where I would would say start start slowly and 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 give yourself some grace to move slowly through this. Thank you, and thank you for the shout out for our bookstore. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that, and you know you can also start by tuning into this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, oh, Andrea. I was just going to ask y'all, um, I'm curious, so what are, what, what's a quadrant in your life that you need to work on right now? 
I'm curious. I'll just go since I'm talking already. Um, I think I, I've definitely been thinking a lot about food and it, you know, during quarantine, being at home, nothing to do. Sometimes all you want to do is eat. <laughs> so, so I want to be more conscious about what I eat. Um, I want to definitely eat more greens. So I definitely want to work on it. even cooking more myself because I'm not a great cook. So I want to work on that aspect or that quite quadrant in my life. Can, can I just add, so, so uh, exactly how you're describing that right now is you, I, I can see, and I don't know if you're making that connection, but I can see as you're talking about it, um, the connection to like your, your emotional well-being, because as you were talking about it, uh, you started smiling and like you started like getting, kind of getting animated and it probably, you know, probably makes you feel good to start talking about this. Like I'm making an active choice to do this. So you can see that right there, like you're making a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual choice to that they, that's all connected to food. That's 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 how it all gets connected. You know, what I mean, it's not like one thing. You're just you're just gonna work on food, and it's just gonna focus on your your physical experience. You know, what I mean, it's it's all related. So so yeah. So thank you for sharing that. But I just I kind of wanted to point that. Out. I don't know if you saw that or Karen, you noticed. Yeah. I'm excited. I bought a cookbook actually, <laughs> just to get started on cooking. Um, yeah. It is exciting, awesome. just like learning something new. Yeah. And I think for most yeah. people, I think it's fun and it's a it's a exciting thing to be working on something for yourself that's supposed to better your life. So definitely, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Andrea. Um, I guess one that I've been working on is sleep. I've been working on it. For years, uh, yeah, trying out different things, uh, and I think it, it's gonna continue to be a process for me. What are you doing to work on it? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I'm trying out. I have had a weighted blanket for a while. I'm trying to like uh, be intentional about using it because I have it, but when I always use it. Um, you know, not using technology when I'm in bed or trying to like wind down before going to bed. Uh, yeah, but the, that's always like a, a give and take for me. Sometimes I do it consistently, sometimes I don't, but uh, but I'm working on it. That's, that's great. And I think the other part is, you know, again, finding, um, you know, g giving yourself props, you know, when, when you're doing it, when you're doing it well, you know, like get, acknowledge it, make those acknowledgements and be like, I, I made that choice to do that. Like, I guess for me, like looking at these, these different quadrants, uh, I think for me, the one I've been focusing really is on functional movement and, um, and, and know, know, knowing that going for a walk every day, engaging in these particular activities um, is, is really, really helpful. But the truth is like, you had to give yourself some props, like at least you did it. Uh, at least you did go for a walk today. So acknowledge that, like you didn't, you oh, you made that intentional choice to do that, and that's that's important. So recognize that. Let that let the neurons fire in your head, like that direction, um, and and that will also, I think, build that discipline of like moving forward and, and doing doing this kind of thing. So, but for me, it's it's the the functional movement. That's what I've been working on for like the last year, and um, and doing a lot of different types of exercises and stretching and um, um, and just different types of movement, so I can develop my 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 flexibility and my mobility, you know, as as we get older, and because um, I don't want to lose that, I want to I want to maintain that, I want to preserve that, I want to I want to strong, uh, strengthen that. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. Um, hopefully, 
next time we meet, we're gonna be working on a different quadrant because we got this one mastered or we got better at it, right? You said it's a work in progress. Uh, but thank you. I hope that everyone um, takes in mind now like the different parts of their life and tries to bring balance to it. I know that it's a little more difficult at the moment. Um, our mental health is being strained a bit because of COVID, a lot of losses and staying at home is hard, but um, thank you for sharing your knowledge, Dr. Paez, Jose Paez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, thank you no. for being with us today um, and being a resource to our community. And yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's, 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 the feeling is mutual. Thank you all so much for the work you all do and for inviting me to be, to be in this space and uh, to get to talk about these kind of things. And, and, and like you said, knowing that every, everyone's on their own journey and you know you can do what you can do and with all these constraints of COVID, the transitions in our government, just everything that's going on in our world right now, um, you know, uh, with regard to the violence and what have you, uh, th there's so many things that, that, that are pushing us. But if, um, if, there, if there's anything that we could do is, is to take, is to, is to remember that we always have power and that we can, we can always um, make some changes in our own lives um, to, to take control of, of our lives because that, that's the thing we do have control over. So I, I just feel really lucky to get to do this and talk with you all and, and be in this space. So yeah, it's a real, real honor. Thank you. We'll see you all next time in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow Tia Chuchas on social media. Please support our online bookstore. You can find the links in our podcast bio. Stay safe, stay creative. Tia Wee.